All right. Welcome back to Formate Arbitration. I'm still dealing with a cold, so I'm kind of sinusy. So forgive me. <laughs> That's why I sound like this. But I have moved. So I'm dealing with a new laptop. I don't have my old setup. I'm in a new studio. Uh, so, but um, I'm hoping that this thing comes out all right because I cannot tell how loud it is until I download this thing and put it up. So this may all be wasted time. But uh, it's good to be back. I missed y'all last week. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, hope you ate plenty. Uh, I did. So uh, this week, I'm going to just kind of talk about a few things. It's not going to be long because what I wanted to do was for December, you know, I, I don't do, didn't want to do any episodes in December because this is my month. I love Christmas. And, you know, working for the post office, you come in early and you work extremely late. So I don't have time to be with family and friends and stuff like that and do my shopping. So I have to do that on Sundays. So I figured I'd do a few things on uh, these episodes. So next week, what I'm going to have is an emergency placement arbitration. I'll have the closing argument that I did. And uh, I'll read the arbitrator's decision, and I'll go over that. And then the next week, I'm going to do an arbitration on a falsification or editing of clock rings. Now, the closing is forever long. Uh, it's about 45 minutes. And the reason being is in discipline cases, I go last. And so I can really get down on discipline cases as far as closings are concerned. And Contract cases, I go first in closing. So I make sure the arbitrator is going to read the entire case file. I make sure that I cover management's opening. Uh, when they hand in an opening, I'll highlight that opening and then I'll address that in my closing. I address the B team decision uh, because B team decisions rarely ever come out in an arbitration. Uh, so I'll address that. I'll address management's. Informal contentions, I'll address management's formal contentions, and I'll go over what we talked about. So I cover things very thoroughly in my closing. I see a lot of classes going on right now with advocate training and stuff like that, which is fantastic. I love seeing that stuff. Uh, there's nothing more entertaining to me than arbitration, nothing more fulfilling. I'd rather do that than anything. And so... Um, to new advocates, make sure the most important thing is to know the case file. Get the case file, read the case file so that you know that thing front to back. I mean, you can you can cite pages, uh, whatever management's looking for, you can cite that page. Make sure that you know the case file. You'll do an injustice to yourself and to your union if you don't. And I don't care if that case file is 10 pages or 10,000 pages, get in there, study that case file, uh, be your own person in there in arbitration, be you. Don't try to be anybody else. If you see somebody on TV and you try to mimic them, it'll come across as fake. Just be you in arbitration. That's the best thing I can tell you. Know the case file, be you. Uh, and always be honest. Always be honest. You'll ruin your reputation and you'll tarnish the NALC's reputation if you're caught being dishonest. But so I have a few closing arguments for you next week and then the next. And I think I got another one. I don't know what I'll do on the next week, but uh, that's where we'll be for the next three weeks. Okay. Today, I'm just going to talk a little bit because I didn't have anything ready. Uh, I was hoping to do the EP today, but the, I'm, I'm on a new laptop. Like I said, I have nothing downloaded on it. Nothing. And everything's on my old laptop. Look, I'm horrible as far as technology is concerned. Terrible. So all my stuff on my old laptop, I can't get moved over to my new laptop. And so uh, I'm able to download Audacity so I can do this. I'm able to get on my pod server, which is what uploads my episodes, so I can do that. So I don't even have any intro music this week. It's just me coming straight into this thing. So um, that's what we're going to do the rest of December. I have, uh, I'll read the sites. We'll do the uh, closing arguments for you. That way you can hear that and have something to do. But that way it won't take me too long. And, uh, and I don't want to be on here too long during December. Next year, what we're going to do, I had some people from Discord reach out and they want me to do a grievance of the month. And so they'll pick a topic for the grievance of the month. 
and I'll do that. And we'll go through the beginning to the end of the grievance. And that way you can file a grievance on whatever their grievance of the month is going to be. And they want me to start doing that every month. And that's what I'll do because they don't want us getting tired of hearing me just talk all the time and ranting and raving. And I know some people will do that. So we'll start having a grievance of the month next week or next month. I'm sorry. We'll have a grievance of the month. And, um, but I'm still going to hold my union accountable. So there will still be those times when I get on here and go buck ass wild, uh, because that's just who I am. And I believe that my union should represent me to the fullest. Uh, I'm still going to go after the post office. Uh, I love the post office because I work here. I hate postal management with a passion. I think that the postal service is the worst run organization in the country. I think it is inept at best as far as management is concerned. Um, I wouldn't take 90% of management and trust them to run a hot dog stand. Uh, they are absolutely pathetic. And that goes for all of them all the way up the line, uh, straight up to administration. They're all inept as far as I'm concerned. You have very few that know what they're doing. And I know that they listen to this, and that's great. I think that you're the most inept human beings ever put into an official capacity, uh, postal management. You're liars. You're cheaters. You're stealers. You you falsify things. Um, and I think that that's trifling, and I think you're trifling. So I'll continue to go after them because that's who I am when I'm business agent. That's going to be who I am. Uh, I'm going to go after the Postal Service. Now, a lot of people message me complaining about uh, their business agents. Refuse to get involved, refuse to help them. I helped an individual the other day. Uh, he called me, and we were talking about a grievance that he was wanting to file. said that he had contacted his business agent's office, and they basically gave him the runaround with no help. And so for about 10 minutes, we laid out a perfect grievance, who he's going to contact, who he's going to call, the information he's going to request, how we're going to approach this grievance. 10 minutes is all it took. And that's how little time the business agent's office has to deal with you. And they'll say, hey, look, we get it all the time. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear you say you're busy as for nothing because I have phone calls all damn day while I'm on my route. And I answer emails all damn night. And so I don't want to hear shit about how busy you are. You can take 10 minutes out of the day to help one of your people out. And so, but those things will be corrected. Uh, listen to me. Those things will be corrected. There is going to be a new regime take over this union. And I promise you that. Uh, the NELC is going to be a new NELC going forward. When I tell you help is on the way, that's not just something I'm pulling out of my ass. Help is on the way here. And we have a very strong contingent of individuals getting together to make sure that this union gets back to how it used to be. And that's militant, educated, so that our carriers don't have to worry about nothing but doing their job and going home. And that's what I want my carriers to do. When they come in, do your job, go home, and enjoy your family. I don't want them to worry about shit when they're here. And that's the union's job. That's our responsibility. One of my favorite movies is 300. I love that movie. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's fantastic. So 300, if y'all remember, the good guys are talking to the bad guys. And the bad guys are saying, hey, we're going to launch so many arrows at y'all. It's going to blot out the sun. Remember that part? So. You know, when they're fighting, uh, the good guys are looking, and sure enough, here comes all these arrows. So many arrows, it does, in fact, blot out the sun. <laughs> There's a million arrows coming at them. And so all they do is put up their shields and sit there and laughing about it, knowing that there's no harm going to come to them because they have those shields. And they're talking about how they said they're going to blot out the sun, laughing at that shit. That's the union to us. The union is the shield that protects us from all the shit that management throws at us so that our carriers can remain happy and stress-free and not have to worry about a damn thing. And that's what our union is for, to me. Some people don't believe that. Some people don't believe that. But as me, when I'm business agent, 
I'm going to make sure that we are the shield that protects carriers from sorry-ass, low-down, cheating, lying, thieving bastards, which is management. And uh, we'll have a team in place that makes sure that those things are done. So help is on the way. I promise you that. I promise you that. Do not concern yourself with this regime we have in place. Uh, too many cowards have taken over this union. Too many. Now, I'm going to touch on just a few things that people have sent me, and then I'll get off of here. I apologize it's going to be so short, but like I said, when I got on here, I could get nothing from my old laptop to, to come over to this laptop. So this one's not going to be very long. Next Sunday, we'll get into that EP, and then the next, we'll get into the uh, falsification, editing of clock rings. It'll be a very long but boring closing argument, but you'll see how I address every aspect of it and what's funny is um management when you do your opening statement i type out my opening statement and i hand it to the arbitrator one of the very first arbitrations i ever did was in front of lawrence roberts arbitrator roberts it was the very it was the second arbitration i did matter of fact the second arbitration i ever did and so when i'm in there my president dave clark was my ta and uh, he tells arbitrator Roberts, he's like, you know, this is Corey. He says, you know, he just started his second arbitration. So arbitrator Roberts is like, well, that's fantastic. He's like, look, in your opening statement, he said, put plenty of contract language in there. Let me know where to go to uh, when we're talking about contractual issues. He said, I want you to, to read me the contractual issues. So put, put plenty of contract language in there for me. And so arbitrators will help you out along the way. I had an arbitrator mayor when I was uh, doing the gun case out of Gadsden and had a TA with me who had just, he was a new advocate. Uh, matter of fact, he was still in training. And labor had a new advocate with them, TA, and who was just in training. So arbitrator mayor, uh, I tell him, I was like, this is so-and-so. He's brand new. He's uh, going to be an advocate. and. Uh, Brimer was Scott Brimer was management's advocate, and he said, "You know, this is so and so. He's new as well." And so arbitrator mayor starts talking to him. He's like, "Hey, this is what I want." Well, they're both looking at him, and I said, "Hang on, just a second, arbitrator mayor." I said, "What are y'all doing?" We're listening. I said, "Don't listen." I said, "Right." I said, "You don't get this often." I said, "This man's trying to help y'all out." So get your pad, pen, and pad out. And take notes, because here's an arbitrator taking time out of his day to tell y'all what he wants, what he thinks, you know, what's important to him. And so arbitrators will help you out. But I remember arbitrator Roberts telling me, you know, in your opening statement, give me plenty of contractual language. Let me know where I'm going to go to, where you're going to go to, how you're going to prove it. You know, you're going to tell me that manager's done something. What have they done wrong? And how are you going to prove it to me? And he said, then prove it to me. When you go into this case, you better prove it to me. And so uh, when I do arbitrations, I write out my opening statement. Uh, I'll write it out and I'll hand a copy to management and hand a copy to the arbitrator and I'll read it. Management used to do the same thing. When I would get their opening statement, I'd start highlighting things that I was going to attack in my closing. And so what they started doing then was they quit handing in opening statements and they would just read it without handing it in. That way I couldn't have a copy. And uh, so I would just start writing down things they had said and talking about that in my closing. Then in my closing, I bullet point my closing argument. Uh, I'll make reference words. Like if you were to look at it, it would make no sense to you. Like uh, when you heard the the closing argument I did for that removal, and I'm talking about 1610, I'll put on a piece of paper 1610 and then a word. And then I'll look down because I don't want to be looking down at a piece of paper in my closing. I want to look at the arbitrator. I am very animated in my closing arguments. So I'll look at the arbitrator in my closing and I will look down periodically to see the next word. I'll highlight it in red if it's something that I'm going to get funky on. Uh, something of that nature, but I'll bullet point my closing. And that way I don't ever have to look down. I'll always be looking at the arbitrator in his face when I'm doing a closing argument. And that's highly effective management. Uh, they read theirs a lot, which is terrible. 
Uh, don't do that. They they read theirs, which is garbage. Um, the guy that was over the Tennessee district for labor, I had a friend TA with me once. His name is Brian Buttry, and he's on Facebook. So if anybody doubts what I'm saying, you can message him and he'll tell you because he was standing there. We came out of an arbitration once where management had put this young lady on EP. And uh, we had won the EP, but after the hearing, we come out and the head of labor for the district was the one who was the advocate for management. And uh, we come out, I shake his hand, I'm walking away. He's like, hey, are we okay? And I turn around, I was like, what? He said, are we okay? I was like, what are you talking about, are we okay? You know, me and you, are we okay? I was like, no, we're not okay. Why not? I said, because you're a lying son of a bitch. That's why we're not okay. Excuse me? I said, you're excused. I said, but you're a lying son of a bitch, man. I said, I ain't got nothing for you. I said, just sit in there at arbitration and lie like you do and tell your people to lie. No, we're not okay. I said, I think you're dishonest. You're unethical. And I said, I have nothing to do with you. I said, but if you need me, you call me. All right. So Brian's standing there laughing his ass off. And uh, so he's like, hey, man, hey, you know, don't take it like that. I'm just trying to win. I said, I know what you're trying to do, man. I know you're trying to win. I said, but you're unethical. You're a liar. And I have nothing for you. He said, look, we're getting our asses handed to us. I said, oh, yeah, I'm well aware of that. He's like, you know, we do our training to beat you. I said, you do your training to beat me. He said, yeah. He said, we do our training to beat you. What are you What are you killing us at? You know, openings. What are you doing this at? You know, we're doing our training to beat you. And I said, well, who's doing the training? So-and-so. I said, you need to fire his ass because it's not working. So, <laughs> and Brian's standing right there with me. So I swear to God that happened. You know, he said, we're doing our training to beat you. So I said, you need to fire the motherfucker who's training you because y'all are losing your ass. But. And I'm a straight shit talker, man. Anywhere I go, I'm a shit talker. Straight up. I'm the Larry Bird of, of union people. I talk more shit than anybody. Uh, I, I'm way off base here, but I thought these things were funny. I remember Jason Ashley, one of the very first cases he did was probably the biggest case he'll ever do was the uh, JSOV case in Hattiesburg. We were going after a, a station manager that down there that was a monster, man. This guy's a tyrant. And so we go down there. Now, Jason actually is gifted. If you know him, he's gifted. Uh, the guy is very, very talented. And, and I knew that he was going to be a great advocate, and he's a great union person as well. And so, um, but he's nervous. You know, this is the, by far the biggest case he's done so far. Uh, we had gone down there a week to investigate this thing. We had that team, me. Jason Ashley and Cliff Stoddard. I could write a book on this one case, just the things that happened. And so uh, we're going in, and he's a nervous wreck. And uh, I was like, man, you okay? He's like, well, I'm a little nervous. I was like, hey, man, you're going to be fine. You're going to do great. You know, you, you're, you're very well prepared. You're going to be fine. So don't worry about it. And uh, so we go in. We're in suits, you know, and so... <laughs> Management's advocate and TA standing there. His name is Greg Weitz. If y'all know him, he used to be the, the NELC president for Mississippi. He went into labor. And then he's got a guy with him, TA. And so we go in. He's like, hey, man, y'all look like you're going to a funeral. And I said, we are. Y'alls. And uh, he's like, damn. So we just kept on walking. So <laughs> trying, to, trying to help Jason out a little bit, live and, you know, get uh, get those nerves out on him. But. I talk more shit than anybody I've ever seen. I was doing a removal in New Orleans once. <laughs> Brian was with me here too. He was standing out in the hallway with me. And so the advocate for management comes out and uh, she said, uh, you know, what do you think about it? I said, I think y'all need to pre-arb this case. Why would we pre-arb? It was a removal, a horrible removal. And uh, she's like, pre-arb it? I said, why would we pre-arb it? I said, because you're going to lose it. She looks at me. She's like, we're going to lose it. What are you talking about? I said, you're going to lose it. Well, how are we going to lose it? I said, because I'm doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's me. <laughs> I talk more shit than anybody I've ever known. But 
anyway, I, I love doing what I do, <laughs> but, uh, so I don't even remember what got me on that. Do y'all remember what got me on that? <laughs> but anyway, um, in arbitrations, I bullet point my closings and management. So what they stopped doing, they stopped doing oral closings. They started briefing all of theirs. And that way, uh, you know, they wouldn't have to go against me as far as oral closings because I really get down in my closings. And so they quit handing in their openings, start reading it. They quit doing oral closings. They started doing briefs and, you know, entirely briefs, you know. And I hate briefs, and they know that. So all I started doing was asking on the corners of Article 15, uh, I want to do a reply brief. And so if they're going to do a brief and I'm going to do an oral closing, I'm going to ask the arbitrator for permission to do a reply brief. So when I get their brief, I can read it. If there's anything I want to address, I'm going to address it with a reply brief. And so arbitrators are, you know, let me do that. Now, of course, I've been blackballed from arbitration. I don't do them anymore. Just a few here locally because my president said nobody's going to do them but me. So, but I've been blackballed from that because of this podcast. So I don't do them anymore. But that was that was my experience in arbitration. But when I become business agent, all that's going to change. And so, you know, sometimes you better be careful who you fuck with and who you try to fuck over. They will come in there and take your fucking seat from you. And uh, you need to be wiser than you have been. And so I will be a business agent and I'll make sure that this region is the most militant, educated, experienced region there is in this country. And that's a promise from me to the people in this region. We will get back to being militant. We will do arbitrations again like we used to. And these pre-arb sessions, I know that they save money, but uh, you're saving money at the carrier's expense. And uh, I will not tolerate that. We're a very rich union. And uh, what for? What do you need that money for? We need to represent carriers first and foremost. And nothing else matters except that. And if we're not representing carriers, what in the fuck are we doing? And why are we here? And so we will get back to representing carriers when I'm business agent. We will get back to doing that. We'll get back to... Uh, I will get the B teams in line with what we're going to do. These ticking shit, cowardly decisions will be done with. And uh, I don't give a damn about labor. I don't give a damn about district. I don't give a damn about area. All of them, all of them can kiss the entirety of this ass when I'm business agent. And they will know that. I can work with anybody. I'm very cordial. Uh, I can sit down with anybody at the table and we can talk about things, but they will understand this. The most important thing, the only thing that is important to me is the city letter carrier. And if whatever we're signing doesn't benefit them, we're not doing it. And management that is rogue, that has chosen to be bullies and harassers and has chosen to cause my carriers despair, they will be dealt with. And uh, we will stay there until they're dealt with. It is a new day coming. There is a new day coming for the NELC, and it's not just me. A new day is coming for the NELC, and there's nothing, nothing that can stop it. I promise you. The Postal Service cannot stop what's coming. The union now, as it is designed, the people in there cannot stop what's coming. Uh, they can pray about it. But God has abandoned them as far as this is concerned. We are coming, and there's not shit you can do about it. Uh, the day of the cowardly NLC is over. It's done. And we will be taking back over this union, and we will be running it like it should be run. We were once feared. We were feared. When I walked into arbitrations, we were feared. That has uh, that is gone. We have lost that sting. We put things in place that make no sense. An alternate, you know, an agreed to route adjustment process that can't be grieved. Who does that fuck over? The carrier. The carrier. Because who files grievances? We do. We file grievances. So when you get into any kind of agreement that keeps us from filing grievances on it, you fuck us over. 
So I've got issues when we come into agreement with management about anything because anything can be fucked over. Anything can be turned against what it was supposed to be. We're dealing with that over and over again with this installation. My president, I told you before, is a straight-up hellraiser, is in everybody's ass right now because this agreed-upon route adjustment process is completely fucking this, this installation over. And so what do we do? All we can do is make phone calls. All we can do is make phone calls. All we can do is hope that you don't fuck us over. And we can never be in that situation. Anytime you come into agreement with anybody and you take away the grievance process, you leave room for us to be to be trampled. Okay? And so we have to think about things better. Uh, this TRAP process, we should have thought about things better. I talked about that too many times already about the memos. Uh, I know you are sick of hearing about it, but there has been more abuse of my people based off of these memos than in any other thing combined in this union. More abuse off of these memos than anything else combined. And uh, we should have known better. I said that so many times. I know you're sick of it, but we should have known better uh, than that. Let me touch on a few things and I'll be off of here. A few things that some people have sent me. Here's something that when I come back in January, I'm going to talk about this because it's it's been going on a lot, and I see it a lot on social media. And uh, it's a B-team decision, and the guy's going to send me the rest of it, the contention, so I can give them to you. But it talks about management making us sign 3971s for absent from overtime, which that makes no sense. Even if it's on there, it makes no sense that I would sign a leave slip for absence from overtime because I cannot take leave in an overtime capacity. And and I'll deal with this grievance. That may be the first grievance of the month next January, uh, the very first thing I do. But this is what the, the B team said. Here's the issue. Did management violate Article 3 and or 5 and or Article 19 when they instructed non-ODL carriers who are not available to work mandatory overtime to complete a PS form 3971 stating that they were absent from overtime and citing that AOT absent from overtime disciplinary and attendance purposes. And if so, what is the appropriate remedy? The decision, the grievance is resolved. Management violated the national agreement when they required non-ODL carriers to complete a PS form 3971 stating that they were absent from overtime. Management shall cease and desist. Uh, that's a very good decision. And so uh, he'll send me the rest of that. We'll go over it. But when you look at 511 of the Elm, and it talks about uh, the 3971, right? It's 511.23, post employees, postal employees A, request leave. By completing PS Form 3971, request for notification of absence. B, obtain approval of PS Form 3971 before taking leave, except in cases of emergencies. C, avoid unnecessary forfeiture of annual leave. So why would I fill out a 3971 for overtime purposes? Because I cannot take leave in an overtime status. Anything over eight hours, I cannot take leave for. So why would I fill out a 3971 when it says clearly request leave by completing PS Form 3971? I'm not requesting leave. I don't need to request leave. Um, I work eight hours, and I cannot, I cannot request leave on my day off, and I cannot request leave in an overtime status. When I put in for a week's worth of leave. How many hours do I put in for? 40. I cannot put in for 42. I cannot put in for 41. I can't put in for 48. I put in for 40. Because I cannot put in leave for an overtime status or a day off. So therefore, I can be absent without leave because I'm incapable of taking leave on my day off. And I'm incapable of taking leave in an overtime status. So absent from overtime makes no sense. 
if you want to use that for quarterly purposes to say that I had an opportunity and I forfeited that opportunity, here's the leave slip that we filled out. You can't require me to sign that leave slip. But if you tell me that I'm going to fill out a leave slip, uh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to file a grievance. But if you want to fill out a leave slip saying Corey was absent from overtime on this day, and you want to use that for quarterly purposes, saying that he had an opportunity and he missed that opportunity because he was absent from overtime, that's fine. You can do that, but you will not require me to fill out a 3971 because that is a request for leave. And I cannot take leave in an overtime status. And I cannot take leave on a non-scheduled day. And so I do that grievance uh, next month. That may be the first one we do, okay? Here's uh, another one that I talk about, these double standards. And I know you're sick of this, but this is another thing that will come to a halt under the new regime, the double standard. What we have, uh, the only avenue we have, weapon we have, is the escalated monetary award. That's all we have. Management has discipline, and they use that as a weapon against us, and everybody knows that. Uh, they have a weapon, which is the disciplinary process, uh, emergency placement. They use that as a weapon. Uh, discipline, they use that as a weapon. Uh, I get a lot sent to me where management is clearly retaliating uh, for someone. JB is dealing with one right now where management is clearly retaliating against some an individual for filing an Article 8 grievance. Uh, they basically made up some discipline, but they're angry because they got an Article 8 uh, grievance filed against them. And so therefore, they discipline this person. So they're using that as a weapon against us. The only thing that we have comparable to that is the grievance procedure is, is uh, the escalated monetary award. Uh, that's the only thing that we have to keep management in check. Uh, under this new regime, we're, we rarely are going for those because we can't get a cease and desist. A lot of business agents don't like an escalated monetary award. As crazy as that sounds, but people will send me emails and texts from business agents saying that they don't like my escalated monetary awards. I know for a fact, uh, I have one that I heard tell me that there was an installation that had a uh, no-compete clause, a, a signed settlement, no-compete no where management, if they violated it, uh, they just paid it. And it was $250 for not meeting at the formal A. So if they violated that, they couldn't challenge it. You just paid it. And he's like, you know, I wish we wouldn't have come into that because it's really hurting the Postal Service. Well, it's not hurting the Postal Service. Management is hurting the Postal Service by refusing to meet. <laughs> so we will never be the bad guys when it comes to an escalated monetary award because it is the only avenue we have to keep management in check. That's it. We have nothing else. Uh, we have the JSOV. If done properly, we can use that uh, as far as getting management removed from doing what they were, you know, supervising city letter carriers. But the only avenue we have and the one that we need to get back into is the cease and assist and then escalated monetary award. Now, we, like I said, we have been uh, hoodwinked, bamboozled by management to get away from the cease and assist. Uh, they punked us out, uh, this old regime. And we've gone away from the cease and desist, and and it's it's hurt us terribly. Uh, I know that my president's talking about you know it's not all about the money. Well, that's that's stupid. It's foolish talk uh, from someone who has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, it is about money. It will always be about money because money is the only thing that will get management to stop. That's it. There is a price. There is a price. There's a figure out there that will get management to stop doing what they're doing. And we will reach it, but we cannot do that with a cowardly union that says we're not going to say cease and desist. Uh, you've taken that weapon, the only thing that we have uh, to hold management in check. You've taken that away from us. You want to talk about noncompliance? What are we going to do about noncompliance? How are we going to address noncompliance? How you do those things is through an escalated monetary award. That will handle noncompliance. Nothing hurts the letter carriers more 
than sending up 60 grievances and getting bullshit back from, from the union as far as pre-arms. Nothing devastates the carrier craft more. Uh, non-compliance hurts the carrier craft. And uh, unfortunately, because of money from both sides, the letter carriers uh, have it run up in them by both postal management and the union. And those days are coming to an end as well. Uh, those days are coming to an end. And uh, I know that for a fact, I've talked to some very influential people that have said, you know, we are going to get back to the old way. And that is holding management accountable through the grievance procedure and through arbitration as far as cease and desist and escalated monetary awards, because there is no other way to get management to comply. There is no other way. They don't care about anything else. Only money will get them to comply. And there's a figure out there, like I said. But here's something that somebody sent me. We're talking about double standards. And this was a decision that they had gotten back where management was falsifying clock rings. And it says, issue, did management violate Articles 3, 5, and or Postal Service letter concerning integrity and accurate reporting, Section 125.7 of the M39, and or Section 665 of the Employee and Labor Relations Manual, ELM Section 322 of the M41 Handbook via Article 19 of the National Agreement Joint Contract Administration Manual by instructing letter carriers to falsify parcel scans as customer hold and or no access at, at this particular post office on August 21st and ongoing. If so, what is the appropriate remedy? And this is the decision. Here's what I'm talking about, the double standard. The dispute resolution team has resolved this grievance. Based on the file, the DRT finds management, specifically this manager, did violate the national agreement when she instructed carriers to falsely scan the parcels associated with this case as customer hold and or no access. Consequently, management, specifically this manager, is instructed to cease from future violations of a similar nature. So we got half of it. So this management, specifically this manager, is instructed to cease. So it's comical at this point. Uh, instructed to cease, instructed to stop. We want you to stop. <laughs> so no cease and desist, uh, but we, we're going to give you a cease anyway. It says the union in initiated this grievance asserting management, specifically this manager, violated the above-cited contractual provisions when she gave instructions to letter carriers to falsify parcel scans to stop the clock and prevent them from becoming delivery failures. Uh, and so here we have another case of management telling us to falsify things. There, and there's no difference in falsifying. I don't give a fuck what it is. You want to falsify clock rings, you want to falsify parcel scans, it's falsifying. We don't falsify doctor's notes, we get fired. We falsify anything, we get fired. Management can falsify hip training, they can falsify clock rings, they can fall edit clock rings. Here we have a false telling us to falsify Parcel scans, which is the big money. That's what's what we're making money on, right? And what do they get? It's instructed to cease this from future violations of similar nature. So we want you to stop falsifying things. <laughs> so again, it's mind-boggling, the double standard. And I don't get it. I don't understand that. Why, why we treat them that way? You have the most wretched treacherous human beings on planet earth managing the postal service i have seen things that y'all wouldn't believe how they do pregnant women how they treat them as far as uh, trying to get advanced sickly trying to do these intentionally trying to harm them and their babies i have seen them falsify discipline intentionally trying to remove people that not done a damn thing i've seen them falsify our hip training you know leading to the death of our brother I've seen the heinous, treacherous, inexcusable conduct of management. And our union continues to kowtow and bend over and take it from these sorry, low-down bastards. And I don't get it. I will never understand it. I don't get it. I, I wish I knew where it started so that I could go find the person who started that and kick them square in the fucking ass. 
That's what I wish. I wish I could find the person who initiated this cowardice and I'd kick that motherfucker in his ass. Because I don't get it. But those days are coming to a close. Those days are coming to an end. If you falsify anything, this is not what we're going to get. We're not going to do it this way. We're not going to do it this way. We're going to hold you accountable. Okay? We're going to hold you accountable. Just a few more things and I'm going to get off of here. Here's another one. When our postmaster falsified clock rings by turning some office time into waiting or union time for several carriers multiple times, our stewards notified the branch president and his response was, well, they still got paid for those times, so there's really nothing to be done. No one lost money. I think he told the postmaster verbally not to do it anymore or something, which he's done in the past and was completely ignored by our postmaster, obviously. Argue that changing office time to union waiting time is a slippery slope, and if he gets away with that, what's to say he won't go further and next time and start punching people out that are out too late? Listening to Corey's podcast really ruined my outlook on our local. He brings so much fire and brimstone. I love it. But in reality, we have relatively high-ranking officials just sitting on their hands, afraid to tackle even the most obvious abuses of power. A supervisor changing 40 minutes of office time into union time, even once, should be a slam-dunk cease and desist on paper grievance at the very least. I agree with you 100%, and I agree with what you said. Our union leadership doesn't give a fuck about what management does to us as long as it doesn't cost them any money. That's what this is all about. Do not cost the NLC money. And when you call them about things, you're wasting their money. When you want to go to arbitration, you're wasting their money. When you talk about holding them accountable for these things, falsifying clock rings, you're wasting their money. They don't want to hear about it. Very few NBAs are taking these things Seriously, those days are coming to an end. It's coming to an end. There will be a new militant union taking over this next time around. I tell you that. I'm not pulling your leg. I'm telling you that from me to you. It's coming. It's coming. And like I said, there's not a damn thing anybody can do about it except sit and sulk and say, what in the fuck happened? What happened was you chose to be a coward in your position. That's what happened. And too many people woke the fuck up while you was doing it. We're down here on this floor taking it every fucking day from these sorry low-down line cheating motherfuckers in management. Every day we're taking it. And y'all aren't doing shit about it. Those days are coming to an end. Those days are coming to an end, baby. It's over. It's over. It's only a matter of time. Uh, and, and next year will be a busy year for us. We have regional training, and then we'll have national, uh, the national convention. I imagine you may hear some things before then about uh, the changes. Okay? Now, look, when it gets time closer to election, you'll see this union get very aggressive. You'll see them a lot more. You'll see the business agents a lot more. You'll see more pictures of them on social media. Look at what we're doing. Look at what we're doing. You know, remember us here. Vote for us. Don't do that. Remember what they have done up until then. Not shit, except run and kiss management's ass. Now, you will see them a lot when it comes time for the election. You'll see them more than you ever have. And they're going to start telling you, here's our win percentage. Here's our arbitration win percentage. Here's our free uh, arms win percentages. We've represented y'all. We've represented y'all this whole time. Don't fall for that shit. If the motherfucker ain't there for you now, fuck them if they try to be for you then. All right? But things are changing. Change is coming. The winds of change have turned. Let's see here. Here's the last thing, and I'm going to get off of here. This is a letter of warning, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not going to go over it. I just want to read it because it's so fucking comical. But somebody sent me this, and this is what it says. And it's refuse to sign. Don't ever refuse to sign discipline. Please don't refuse to sign your discipline. If you're in there by chance and the carrier refuses to sign it, tell them don't refuse to sign it. Sign the discipline. Sign it. I'm telling you, 
Too many times management comes in here and falsifies discipline, simply putting on there, refuse to sign. And if you have 10 where you refuse to sign it, we're going to miss that. Always sign your discipline. And that way, if you come in with one saying refuse to sign, like JB's had to deal with in the past, we're going to say he has signed every letter of warning and discipline he's ever received. But this time he refused to sign it. And I got a great arbitration site for disputed discipline. When we dispute that discipline is every issue, an arbitrator said that will always go to the benefit of the carrier. Any doubts raised will go to the benefit of the carrier. So if management can't prove that he got it, those doubts will go in favor of the carrier. Okay, so always, always sign your discipline. Quit refusing to sign it. I hate when I see refuse to sign it. That makes no sense. Why would you refuse to sign it? It's not an admission of guilt. And you're not getting back at management. They don't care. You think that's hurting their feelings? Well, damn, he refused to sign the discipline. You think we should issue it or not? You think we should rescind that discipline because he refused to sign it? They don't give a fuck if you refuse to sign it. That only hurts us when you do that. So don't refuse to sign discipline. And here's what it says. This official disciplinary letter of warning is being issued to you for the following reasons. On 11-10-23, you're instructed to use the scanner to move to 354 when using the bathroom in the office, and on the street. <laughs> I swear to God, this is real. On 11 p.m. 23, you completed a 1260 instead of using the scanner as instructed to. On 11 13 23, after asking for your 1260 to be signed, supervisor so-and-so demonstrated how to move to 354 on the scanner. You continued to submit 1260s on 11 14 23 and 11 15 23 instead of using your scanner to move as instructed to do previously multiple times. An investigative interview was conducted with you on November 16, 2023, regarding the above-cited incident. You failed to prove a satisfac provide a satisfactory explanation for your failure to follow instructions. Postal employees are required to discharge their assigned duties conscientiously and effectively. Employees are required to follow the instructions as proffered by their supervisors. As indicated above, you have failed in this regard. Your actions are a serious offense and are inconsistent with Part 665.15 of the Employee and Labor Relations Manual and will not be tolerated. Of course, no contractual language is on here. Uh, there's no charge. You didn't tell me what I did. You said the official disciplinary letter of warning is being issued to you for the following reasons. There's no charge on it. There's no contractual provision. Because there's no contractual provision, I don't have to scan anything or move to anything to go pee. This is another case of them trying to meet this hour office time. They're going to tell carriers now to scan or to move when they're going to go use the restroom. That's the zoo that this place has come. When I tell you the treacherous ineptness of these dumb fucks that we work for, that is exhibit A. And that's the reason we need a new militarized union, right? We need some militant motherfuckers back in this son of a bitch, man. That motherfuckers would rue the day when they do this shit right here. We don't have that anymore because we got cowards running this union right now. Uh, we will mobilize ourselves when it comes to election time. and We'll make sure that these days are over where management has the gall to sit here and try to discipline somebody for not moving to the fucking scanner for going to the restroom. They should be ashamed of themselves, but they're not because they have no soul. They have no heart. They're treacherous, low-down dogs. And the only way you can beat that is a highly effective, informed, trained, and educated, militarized motherfucking force, which is the new NALC that's coming. Okay? We're going to put an end to all this shit, man. Every carrier will be educated, and every steward will be the protector of those carriers. There'll be those shields in 300. They will protect those carriers from anything that management tries to do. That's my promise to you. And that's what we should have been all along, but we've not. Uh, we've allowed management to creep in and dictate to us how things are going to go. That should never be the case. Ever. You can never kowtow to these low-down, sorry, cheating, conniving dogs, which is management. And uh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. I've had enough of it. <laughs> Me telling you I'm going for business agent tells you that. I would have never, ever dreamed of doing that. But I'm sick of it.
I am sick of it. And we'll put an end to it. Okay. That's going to be my episode for this week. Again, sorry, no intro music, just straight into it. But I'm hoping that this isn't too loud or too soft. I don't know. Uh, I'm in an entirely new studio, a little office building. A little office room, not an office building, a little room. And so uh, hopefully it didn't come across too bad. I'll only know when I download it. So if it sucks, forgive me. But I'll have the intro music next week. And again, um, I'm going to do the EP uh, closing next week. And I'm going to do the falsification or editing of clock rings the next. I'll read those decisions to you. And uh, and it should be entertaining. Now, the one where I do the contract case will be boring to you. But you'll see, new advocates will see how I attack everything. I attack management's opening. I attack the B-team decision. I attack the informal. I attack the formal. I go after everybody in contract cases because the arbitrator should take the case file home and read it. And I want to make sure that nothing goes unaddressed. And so that will be in two weeks. And then I'll find something else to do the last week of December. But I'm just too damn busy. You know, uh, I go in at 7 and get off at 6, 6.30. And I'm just too damn tired when I get home to go do anything. So I have to do that on Sundays, right? And, um, you know, now we got these new dumbasses talking about the parcel volumes down so we can't come in early. We used to always come in at 6. They're in December and run parcels and then run the mail, which made our day a lot easier and lighter. Uh, now they're saying we can't do that because parcel volume's down, which is a complete load of shit. But how do we prove that? They are the owner of the numbers. <laughs> they put in the numbers. And so I don't ever believe anything they say about it as far as numbers because I've caught them falsifying them too many times. So anytime they tell you something's down, I call them liars anyway. Even though if I don't know it, just because they're speaking, they're probably lying. But they're saying we can't come in early because the parcel volume's down for December. How in the fuck do you know that? Well, we just got into the motherfucker. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, look here. I love every one of y'all. Thank y'all for hanging in there with me. Uh, sorry I was off last week, but I was moving. It was Thanksgiving, so just too much going on. And so uh, it's good to be back. A little discombobulated. I apologize. Hopefully it wasn't too loud. Hopefully it wasn't too quiet. I'm going to find out, though, and have to adjust it accordingly. And so, um, but anyway, y'all have a great week. Be careful out there. It's getting dark early. Packages are coming in like crazy, man, like crazy. So y'all take care of yourselves and be safe. Um, and I'll get back to you next Sunday with some EP. All right? I love y'all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.